Welcome to the Right Brain Music Podcast, presented by Right Brain Records. I'm Scott, and I thank you for joining us. this episode, we'll get to know a prolific recording artist and prominent ambassador for world music. His name is Derek Jordan. Remember that, because you may want to dig deeper into his work after meeting him here. Derek is a violinist and multi-instrumentalist, songwriter and composer, music producer, and host of the World Fusion Show, a syndicated public TV program that is rapidly growing in popularity. He's released a large repertoire of original music with a vast array of musical partners. What's most striking about his work is how diverse it is. Derek is a rare musician who can move freely between genres that literally span the globe. He's written and recorded African, Asian, Middle Eastern and Brazilian music, as well as jazz, folk, bluegrass, and even a symphonic work. But he's best known as host of the World Fusion Show, produced in Brattleboro, Vermont. World Fusion is the mixture of music from different traditions and cultures. The idea is that music from anywhere can mix creatively with music from anywhere else producing endless possibilities. Rather than a purist approach to traditional music, World Fusion seeks out combinations. How is World Fusion received by audiences? Well, just two years after its debut, the World Fusion show won a 2019 Hometown Media Award for Best Entertainment and Arts series. It now airs on over 100 community TV stations in 26 states and will soon be televised internationally. Clearly, Derek is on to something. started out in music by playing by ear. Most of my music is improvisational and based that way. All of my composition is based on improvisation as well. Well, I was a young, a youngster. Um, I'm 65 now. Like many people my age, I went to see uh, Hard Day's Night and was so excited. I begged my mother to go out and get a guitar. I needed to get a guitar right away. And I had a guitar in my hand within a week and I started to fool around on that. You know, it was just so um, exciting to me, although I wasn't very good, of course, I couldn't really play, but I started out being inspired by the Beatles and then Jimi Hendrix and other great musicians and singer-songwriters of the 60s and just feel very, very inspired and very lucky to grow up in that era. So I was really a, really smitten by the songwriting bug. And by the time I was 15, 
I was writing songs every day and I picked up the piano and then I picked up the violin. A friend of mine had an old violin. I acquired it and started playing that again without any lessons. And then I eventually got a cello because I thought, oh, that that's a great sound. The violin became my main lead instrument and I was inspired mainly by Stefan Grappelli and Papa John Creech was my other guy that I really liked because he was so bluesy and rough, whereas Stefan Grappelli was so refined and fleet in his playing. And what I used to do actually to learn to improvise, I used to turn on the radio and play along with the radio. And what was so great about that is, you know, you get about two or three minutes to try and play along with a song. Every song was in a different key, a different tempo, and you'd have to adapt, learn the scale, figure out what was going on with my violin, and then suddenly I'm on to the next song. Really great ear training. I went to Bennington College, and at Bennington, I met my mentor, whose name is Milford Graves. He is a world-renowned drummer and was part of the free jazz movement. And it's not that I was so smitten with free jazz, but what happened was Milford grew up playing in Latin bands, congas and timbales, playing time. And he had one of the best feels and tone of any drummer I've ever met. So I was drawn to that expression on his with his drumming. Now, I didn't need to learn any new instruments at that point. I was already playing guitar, piano, violin, cello, singing, writing songs literally every day. But when I heard him play drums, I knew I just had to start there. And learning drums helped me play everything better. He's a master drummer. I developed a sense of timing and rhythm polymeter, polyrhythm, that just took me, you know, far, far, far away. Anyway, it was great. So that was the next step. And then also, he was really interested in world music and opened the door to me to African, Indian, Brazilian, all kinds of music. So I kept doing all that, writing songs, incorporating a lot of those elements into my songwriting. And then eventually, I started getting into recording.
she was discovered by Clive Davis, a friend of mine introduced us. He used to have these jam sessions. He invited Angela over and um, Angela brought her good friend, Kenny Kirkland, who was, you know, very famous. Well, no, they were nobody. They were just out of college like me. We were 21, 22 years old out of, she had just graduated. Uh, she and Kenny had just graduated from Manhattan School of Music. And so they came over, we jammed. And I played my song for her, and she said, I'm gonna record this song in my first album. <laughs> I was like, okay, Angie, you don't have an album, you don't have anything. You know, like, she said, no, I'm gonna do it. I'm like, okay. Six months later, she was discovered. A Couple months after that, she was in the studio. You know, she invited me to come, and Steve Gadd was laying drums down on my track and, you know, Eric Kale playing guitar. It was like ridiculous. And then we recorded, of all places, the song at Jimi Hendrix's studio on St. Mark's Place, you know? So here I was in the Hendrix studio with all the murals of all the psychedelic art in there. You know, I thought I was dreaming. to actually get interested in doing my own recording. I would hire people to produce my songs, but eventually I realized I was gonna have to learn to do it myself because I just had so much material and I just couldn't afford to keep hiring people. I had to get gear and do it. Now, back then, we didn't have the luxury of digital. and. Once that came along, it was off to the races. And that's what I've done most of my work on since. And I, what I use for my recording is a Roland VS-1680. I use a 16-track. Um, I don't use Pro Tools. I don't use any of that stuff. And I've made many CTs for myself and produced many for other people with that. I'm limited to 16 tracks, but I can overdub like crazy and mix down. And you know, I'm basically I'm an old school guy. I discovered this as I went along. I could hear style and imitate it pretty accurately without a lot of fuss, without a lot of study, just by sort of listening to the way it flowed, what the rhythmic components were. 
what the stylistic components were, and then I could easily recreate that style. Also, I like to work with people who play that style authentically, and I incorporate them into my music, and I try to let their flow inspire my flow. Traditionalists don't like me because it's I just don't go there, and I don't really care. I mean that's fine. They want to do that and devote their life to recreating a style. It's like museum museum music. It's, it serves a purpose. It's historic. It's valuable culturally to keep that going. I I respect that. It's just not what I'm interested in. So there are so many ways that world fusion. Can be presented. One of the ways is just by combining different instruments. Just take a different instrument. Like for instance, I have a friend who plays steel pan, and she plays Bach on her steel pan very well. Now, it sounds great. There's nothing to do with steel pan in its tradition, but there she is, and she can do it. I try to be open to using just the instruments in so many ways. As a composer, that's why I've tried to learn so many instruments. I'm actually trying to learn the trombone now. I'm really bad at it. You can see it in the background here in my thing, but I'm really bad at it. I'm just terrible. But that's the challenge, right? Be a beginner again. Try to learn something and try to find a new way in. So I don't really care the way you're supposed to do it. It's just how I approach these things.
this idea that world fusion is really about mixing different styles through the use of different instruments, through the use of different people who bring different sensibilities. And this collaboration is really important to me. And so one of the main reasons is that I get very easily bored of my own ideas. Fusing elements of very different traditions. Is there something wrong with that? Derek and I discussed the term cultural appropriation. I don't like the term cultural appropriation. I like the term cultural sharing. And that's what I use on my show when I bring on all these people who are world fusion artists who take from all different kinds of cultures and incorporate it into their own music. And they do it in, I think, a very respectful way. I want to just say that my favorite statement about cultural appropriation comes from Stevie Wonder. He said, music belongs to everyone. And I think he's absolutely right.
Let's talk about the World Fusion show. How'd you get the idea to do it? <laughs> you know, it's crazy because I'm a musician, right? I never thought that I would ever host a TV show. It never crossed my mind. But I realized I knew a lot of people and I could start to bring these people together. And we have this wonderful public access TV station in Brattleboro, Vermont, that's made it possible. Without them, I couldn't have done it. So I joined them and I thought, well, let me just, let me try it, let me do it. But basically I ran a simulation of the show in my mind for two years. I had it all figured out. And so then when I did my first show, that's what I did. I did my format. And of course I was a little nervous, you know, episode number one, but then it just kept going. The parts that a lot of people like the best is the live music segment of the show at the end where I get to improvise with my guests. They get to play their instruments live in the studio and I get to join them and we just go for it. Are you surprised that it took off? the way it totally, did. Totally surprised. And it took off really fast. All these stations around the country started picking it up. We won the award last year. Last fall, that's after two years of doing it. We're now about to start, literally, next week, this promotion with India. They're gonna roll out 100 programs that are taken from the live music segment of the show. They're calling it World Fusion Jams. I have such amazingly wonderful guests that, you know, everyone is different. And that's the fun part for me. I mean, I enjoy the interview. I enjoy, you know, finding out, learning about them and their process and their backgrounds and their philosophy. But I personally, I most enjoy playing with my guests because everyone is a different challenge, a different instrument, a different approach different feel, you know, a different rhythmic structure, a whole different culture that they're bringing into their music.
Improvisation is really the cornerstone of my whole approach to music. All of my compositions are created through improvisation. I use it in different ways, like I will use it in recording spontaneously. I will use it in performing spontaneously. I'm not that precious about trying to repeat some musical idea that I've had. I'm much more interested in the next thing. Like, what is the next thing that might come along that will inspire me and hopefully others I'm playing with?
Listening to the words and music of Derek Jordan, world fusion musician, composer, and host of the World Fusion Show. For a reference of the pieces we've heard and links to Derek and his show, please see the blog article for this episode at rightbrainrecords.com/blog. close here with two tunes. The first illustrates the diversity of Derek's range. It's an improvised melody from an album of his that focused entirely on Jewish music. The second is a piece from his newest album, which is titled A Thing of Beauty, Super String Theory 5.
You've been listening to the Right Brain Music Podcast, presented by Right Brain Records. You can visit us at rightbrainrecords.com. Please subscribe to this podcast through your favorite iPhone or Android app so you don't miss an episode. Farewell for now. Join us next time.